FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast that goes snicked. I'm your host, Jason Runt Neanderthal Venable, and I'm joined by flashback co-host extraordinaire, Cameron Chomps. We're both chumps, Sinclair. We are both chumps. <laughs> yeah, we are. And this is a flashback episode. Flashback! And we're going to talk about the first time that Punisher and Wolverine meet each other in Punisher War Journal 6 and 7. Now this yes. is gonna, yeah, this is going to be a trip down nostalgia lane. Yes. Um, so let's let's set the stage, Cameron. <laughs> All right. All right. So we've talked. Nineteen eighty nine. Yes, the year nineteen eighty nine. And we've talked before about the um, the legendary Boxo comics that we got. Yep. Right. And so you know we had some of that, and we talked about we had a couple of old. Uh, uncannies and a couple of old uh, MCPs that had Wolverine in them. In that like we 20 read. issues of Nova. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. A bunch right. of really random things. Too. Right. A bunch of random stuff. Some, But, you know, you also scored the, the first appearance of Sabretooth. Yeah. Some great so, stuff. Some very great stuff. Yeah. But anyway, after that, we both got into uh, G.I. Joe. Yep. And we're collecting that uh, pretty regularly by this point. Yeah. I think the TV show and then my cousin Keith we got somehow we got some GI Joe comics and right. we got deeply into that. And so yeah, we were already somewhat on board with that. I don't know that we were going to comic shops yet, but right, we're pretty close, I think. <laughs> and um, it's funny you mentioned your cousin Keith. So your cousin Keith is how much older than you? Seven years, I think. Yeah, and so '89, we were either eleven or turning eleven, and so he was like seventeen, eighteen. Yeah. Right on the air. So the, the older, cooler cousin. Yeah. Right? Had a car. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He was the hero. Yeah. And so I remember one day I came home to your house. And so from my perspective, it was like, dude, Jason, you got to see this. And <laughs> and you busted out uh, Punisher War Journal 6 and 7. Then I don't know if you had already bought these yet or if you, these were your cousin's copies. But you said, my cousin Keith showed these to me and they're, they're great. And... I just remember being spellbound um, by, you know, early Jim Lee art. And then, of course, the Punisher seemed like a really cool concept. And then he was this crazy guy with claws that I kind of knew a little bit about um, from a couple of appearances we had. But this was nothing like the Wolverine I remembered reading, you yeah, know, from the, that two issues of Uncanny. Um, you know, this is a wild guy running around, you know, killing people. And so... You know, and then, you know, also the, the story, beat, you know, there's a lot of animals and there's some dinosaurs and stuff in here, not to spoil too much what we'll talk there's about. some machine guns. Yeah, yeah. So all stuff that 11-year-old Jason uh, was just mesmerized by. And I think immediately, like probably even that day, we asked your Aunt Sarah to take us to uh, Awesome Cards and Comics, yep. uh, which is now just Awesome Comics, still still open. And I was not able to find issue six, but issue seven was still on the stands. 
And so I've got my copy of issue seven. And then, you know, later through back issue bins was able to procure number six. But um, but seven was the start of my collecting Punisher War Journal. And I never looked back. And we yep. both bought Punisher for a long, long time. And then, of course, not far down the road was the uh, X-Men number one. And we kind of really got hot, hot and heavy into X-Men. But um. So that kind of that's kind of from my perspective. What do you, do you remember? Like the, the circumstances where Keith actually like gave you the comic and kind of what you thought about it. I really don't. I remember. I only remember that he introduced me to Punisher, and I remember that it was these issues. And I just remember being being such a GI Joe fan and being someone who was obsessed with the military. <laughs> right. Um. And so the Punisher was just like. Everything I was looking for. I was like, right. G.I. Joe, I loved G.I. Joe, but it was, you know, it was tame. It was kiddish. I'm, you know, right. 11 years old at this time, 12 yeah. years old. I, right. I need something more ad- Grown adult. Up. Right? More, <laughs> more, more PG-13, really, what we're talking about. Right. And so the Punisher was, was, was he was that. I mean, he was right. kind of the dark, gritty anti-hero, which I've always liked, you know. Right. That's why we like Snake Eyes so much. Is exactly. This is kind of the, dark, the darker, right. more mysterious character. The damaged Batman, right? All, all those kind of guys. And right. Punisher was that, plus tons of violence. Yeah. Lots of military hardware. Even at the back of all the war journals, which I forgot about until we read this again. Right. The back right. of the war journal, that it would, it would have a, like a, a pinup of yeah. a gun. Right. And this <laughs> stuff would have, yeah, would eventually of a sexy lady, we... it's a gun. <laughs> right. Instead of she likes long walks on the beach and fur coats, it's like, this is good blowing someone's head off around the corner. <laughs> right. Yeah. And all that stuff would eventually turn into uh, Punisher Armory. Oh, yeah. Which, which was, was a series we also bought to our so shame. So insane <laughs> to think about now. But, but at the time, I loved it. Yeah. I would comb through that. Yeah, that oh book, yeah. Thinking about all the guns I was going to buy one day when I was a mercenary. Apparently. Right. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> apparently we guess. had visions of this. Visions of being war heroes or something. Yeah. I don't know. You know, and it didn't hurt also, because I remember from the get-go, doodling the Punisher skull all over everything. Oh, yeah. Like, all my school notes, um, I'd do drawings, and I just, that Punisher skull would just pop up all over the place. Oh, yeah. You know, it's so fun to draw, and the way, especially like the Jim Lee version of it. Yeah, and not um, that hard to draw. No, no. Where, you know, you could do it in a lot of ways, easy. and it still looked really cool. <laughs> right. So, I have not read these issues in a long, long time. I haven't. Prior until prior to this podcast, I th- I won't say I, I've read them since we got them, but I haven't read them since like middle school, probably. Yeah, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't think so. And so it's really, I was really curious to see kind of what this would feel like. And so gearing up to this episode, I have been reading Old Punisher, and I restarted the War Journal series, and. Um, it's just not really what I'm into anymore. <laughs> um, and especially some of the early stories are... Actually, the Punisher regular series started off kind of strong, but then just quickly kind of devolved into Punisher go do this. Punisher go kill this guy. Punisher go kill that guy. And um, and even this story starts so far all of War Journal as a microchip trying to get Punisher to take a break. Yeah. Because, you know, he's losing his cool and he just needs to step back. And all the stories are him about to kind of break. But they're also, and I think part of the reason War Journal 
also was so um, appealing to me, and and looking back, it kind of makes sense. I don't remember that particular story beat, but it makes sense because this was a series that took Punisher all over the world. Yeah. And so I kind of feel like it was all him trying to like get away from New York, but just trouble followed him everywhere he went. Well, I mean, this was the G.I. Joe special missions of Punisher. Yeah, yeah, it really was. It was really the same thing. And in the same way that I kind of like special missions more than I did regular G.I. Joe, right. I liked this more than I did regular Punisher. Oh, I did too, for at, sure. At the time. Especially back then. It was yeah. almost like the uh, the hipper Punisher magazine. We were like yeah. Punisher hipsters. Well, yeah, right, right. <laughs> well, it was, and it was less, because the, the stories were a bit more self-contained. Right. It was less tied into the, the big thrusts of like the supervillains. And so it wasn't, you know, six issues of... Of what's Jigsaw up to, or how are we doing? The, you know, which is a regular Punisher, which all you know, I also liked. Right. Um, but here, it's a much more clear cut. Here's some random, faceless bad guys that we're gonna butcher and move on. Right. And that's you know what I was into at the time. Yeah. And tackle the issues. You know, that's right. He, he, tack, he gets guys that like are polluting the earth, and then in this case, we'll talk about some poaching. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a Captain Planet. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Captain Planet episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's good stuff. I'll also say the the War Journal, I believe, is the first comic series that I ever had all of them. Yeah. Up to, you know, up to, to a, a certain point. To whenever once we, we quit, right? Yeah, once we quit. But but when I went, when we started collecting at six or seven, I guess, um, we quick, I we both quickly went back and got, I think, the first ones. Right. Um, and it was then, almost a contest. I remember... I remember we were always kind of race when your aunt Sarah would take us to the comic shop. We would kind yeah. of race back to the bins, and we would both like whoever got to Punisher first. The other guy would be like, oh, and then he'd go to the GI Joe bin, right? And, and he went through, and it's kind of vice versa. Because yeah. I remember you got number one before I did, and it was a while before they got another copy. Yeah. And I remember being kind of jealous of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was that was good stuff, and uh, yeah, uh, it yeah. So it'll be really curious then, because um, I don't know about you, I, and I've been, I feel like going through the flashback episodes particularly, and then the other kind of older Marvel reading I've been doing concurrent to that, I've been able for the most part to kind of separate what I read before from what I'm reading now, and, and things that are have been really good, and just, just because they're really good still, and they just hold yeah. up, and things... Some things I thought were really good, I maybe can recognize it, and it's not that great. And that, you know, has been somewhat the, the case even for this series, reading the first five issues. I was kind of able to say, you know, there's parts of this that are okay, but it's really not what I'm into. But I had a really hard time, and it's going to throw this out there now up front with the disclaimer. For whatever reason, with these two issues, I had a really hard time separating my nostalgic feelings from like my literary critical feelings. <laughs> and so yeah. I'm just going to throw that out there as we talk about these issues that it was hard for me to pull that passion and love away from these issues and just kind of look at them as what they are now. And that would definitely kind of flavor the way I, I talk about them and the way I grade them. So, um, and plus, I mean, Jim Lee, come on. <laughs> Jim Lee, man, you can't, He's still... This was right around the time he did his guest spot in Uncanny, but a little bit before he kicked off his run. And so... But it is post-Alpha Flight. So he's he's done his Alpha Flight gig, and he's moved over to Punisher, and dabbled with some X stuff. And I don't know if that's what gave him the bug to do Wolverine, or if he just remembered, hey, that guy was really cool from Alpha Flight, or just, you know, 
I mean, it's Punisher, the hottest magazine. Wolverine's the hottest character. Let's bring them together. I guess it's marketing gold right. for 1989. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, that's kind of the setup. So, um... You just want to dive into these issues? Yeah, let's go for it. All right. So Punisher War Journal number six is uh, story and layouts, which I thought was interesting, but it makes sense as we go through it, uh, by Carl Potts. And then the finished art is by Jim Lee. Jim Novak did the letters, and Gregory Wright did the colors. And our cover is just by Jim Lee. And this is an iconic cover. If you collected comics at all, in the late 80s, early 90s, you know this cover. Yeah, definitely. And it's the Punisher War Journal guest starring Wolverine, part one of a two-part saga, meeting for the first time and maybe the last. Yeah, and I think I think the Keith's comics, not my cousin Keith, I think they had a poster of this. Very possible. This, I'm sure lots of comic shops yeah, did. Or maybe awesome did. One, somebody did. I remember right. seeing this poster. Right after this, and wanting it, yeah, in the ads, like the like, how do you remember like East Coast Comics? Mm-hmm. They had the big ad where you could order back issues. This was always one of the featured because they'd have the big list and they'd have like three or four thumbnails and comics covers. Yeah, and it's not long after a couple months after this, like this is one of the featured comics. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, it's a close up on Wolverine, and he's kind of growling. He's not in costume. In fact. For all we know, he's not wearing any clothes at all. Um, Naked Wolverine. Definitely not from the waist up. And he's got his claws out, kind of crossed in an X. And then at the base of his claws is a tattered, tore-up Punisher t-shirt. Or, you know, the uniform with the skull. And he's stabbing through it like he just killed the Punisher. And that, to me, was like, oh, wow. Is Wolverine going to take the Punisher out? Right. And so... Yeah, it was very interesting. And, you know, it's a pretty great cover. Obviously, very iconic, and it's Jim Lee, so you can't can't go too wrong. Um, but, yeah, what do you think of this cover? Uh, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's everything you wanted to see that would have made... If I had been, at the time, if I had been a Wolverine fan already and a Punisher fan... Oh, then even more so. I, I mean, yeah. I would have fallen on the floor and, and bought this <laughs> immediately, you know? But... No, not being a Wolverine fan or really a Punisher fan yet, it definitely made me want to read it. I, was, I knew about them, yeah, but I didn't. You know, I had read because I don't even know how much. Because this is really when we really first started collecting. So I don't even know how much of like those old Uncannies I had actually gone back and read. I mean, I read some of them out of that big box. I but. remember reading the Uncanny, but there was only three or four of those. Um, yeah, because most of the comics in the box were junk. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like there was there were a few highlights. Um, a bunch of iron fists in there, which is why I got the saber tooth. Right. But yeah. The rest of the iron fists. <laughs> but um. But yeah. So you know that's interesting, and maybe that's part of the reason I'm having having more trouble because this was my introduction, really proper to both characters. Yeah. And you know, one character that I still love, and one character that I spent several years loving. Um. Yeah. So very interesting. So anyway. In this story, like I like I alluded to, a microchip lecture and microchip is the if you don't know, is the Punisher's kinda right hand man, kind of a supply guy, helps him coordinate things. You know, it's funny because he, he was kind of the punchy, overweight, got a receding hairline, nerdy guy. He was your classic computer guy yeah. of the late eighties, early nineties. Right. Yeah, he's your IT guy. He's the Punisher's IT guy. I mean, he was, uh, what's his name? Uh, not Steve Jobs, the other guy. Wozniak. Wozniak. He's that guy. <laughs> That's him. 
Very nice. There's a um, fat Bill Gates. Yeah, there you go. Or chubby, we'll say. Yeah. I don't want to be too mean. But. Right. So anyway, Microchip lectures Punisher about needing some downtime. In Texas, a rich guy drinks cheap beer. We'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> yeah, we got to talk about that. Yeah. There's several things we, yeah. I got to say about that. Yeah. Um, in Madripoor, so I forgot, and I don't, in my memory, of course, I wasn't reading the Punisher or the Wolverine solo series yet. So I didn't even know what this meant. But now, obviously, it's kind of a big deal, you know, yeah. going through these flashback episodes. Um, so imagine for Patch notices a guy in an illegal King Cheetah jacket and shakes him down for info about the poachers. He decides to follow the trail to the African Congo. Meanwhile, coincidentally, right, a microchip books the Punisher on a jungle dinosaur safari in the Congo, which was a thing, apparently. <laughs> um Punisher's neighbors have a vision and head to Texas. The Punisher, under the name of Charles Fort, <laughs> get it, Fort Charles, befriends a young African boy on the expedition. They split up to look for dinosaurs and gorillas. The professor's wife and a Congolese military guide are poachers in cahoots. They slaughter some gorillas and kill the young boy for finding out, staging it as a gorilla attack. Off-panel, Wolverine finds out where the poachers are and tracks the Punisher's party. Punisher realizes that it wasn't gorillas that killed the boy, but people, and swears revenge before a Punisher gorilla attacks him to <laughs> avenge his gorilla family. Punisher kills it in self-defense. <laughs> I had thought about that. <laughs> the gorilla is the Punisher. Yeah, he is. He's the, he's, he's the Frank Castle of gorillas. Um <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny because he doesn't last long. But. No, he doesn't. Uh, the Punisher kills it in self-defense. Wolverine finds him with the dead gorilla and in a classic hero misunderstanding assumes he's the poacher and he isn't happy about it so he tries to slice the Punisher up. But the Punisher is a very quick Vietnam vet and he barely uh, gets cut but he does fall into the river. Uh, somehow immediately being unconscious. Uh, Wolverine decides to go after the rest of the party, and that's where we're going to leave off for this issue. Wouldn't it be great if the silverback stripe on that gorilla, they had made it look like a Punisher symbol? <laughs> I feel like they really missed an opportunity there. I agree. The colorist. If that little tiny Punisher symbol, that would have yes. been so funny. I also agree there should be an alternate timeline where that gorilla becomes the Punisher. Yeah. Like, runs around with machine guns and grenades and, like, just slaughters poachers for, you know, two or three issues before it gets canceled. Yeah. That would have been, uh, that would have been great. Spin-off series. Yeah. He so, somehow survived this stab wound. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, we, we start off with the Punisher walking into the, the garage and he's all beat up and bloodied. He was supposed to have a day off, but he stumbled across a crime. And uh, right away, we get Carl Potts making a uh, litterbug RoboCop joke. He's like, (laughs) next, you'll be shooting litterbugs. Yeah. Just fresh out of RoboCop. Mm -hmm. Um, Which was recent. Yeah, yeah, would have been pretty recent at this time. RoboCop came out. Look that up while you talk. Right. But then immediately, we meet our Texan, which, of course, Cameron and I are both native Texans. That's right, 1987. 87, so yeah, it would have been just a couple years before this. Um, but it fits the Punisher motif, kind of that sense, yeah. of, that sense of humor, like, oh, ha-ha, what if you shot someone for wintering? Yeah. The jokes are always very cold in right. Punisher. They don't make a lot of jokes, because Punisher 
no, part just, of the thing is it takes itself a little, little more seriously serious than it probably should. Right. <laughs> and so, uh, but yeah, the, the, the joke's like, oh, what if you murdered this guy? <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and then, so we meet our Texan, and he has some big game on the wall. It looks like a, a javelina pig. A moose. A moose. Rhino. A rhino. And was that a Tasmanian devil on the bottom shelf? Oh, maybe. Yeah, something like that. And he's got an extra plaque waiting for the Mokele Membe. Yeah. Which I guess is their na- the African name for this dinosaur that they're yeah. trying to hunt. But this guy, who is a millionaire. Billionaire. Billionaire. Sorry. Big game hunter. And I like the Texas reference, right? Yeah, I do. But he's drinking Lone Star beer, which I have drunk in Lone Star beer before. I've even gotten you know, a little woo on Lone Star beer before. I have never thought of it as the beer of choice for billionaires. No. Because <laughs> it's like, there was a, a, a point in time when I was in college where a Lone Star beer in cans was like four bucks for a six pack. Yeah. I and mean, it was less than a dollar a beer. Well, remember, it used to be bigger than it was for a long time. True. And so maybe this is when it was still bigger. And I think really the point of this was to make a Texas reference. Yeah, it was. Which it, was I liked. it was like, look look what we know about Texas. Yeah. <laughs> my my whole issue with it is that the idea of a billionaire that pays people to hunt big game for him. Right. Texas, the beer, all this stuff. I would be willing to accept all of these things individually, but all together, I don't think it works. Because okay. I think if you have a guy from Texas who's right. a billionaire and he's drinking Lone Star beer. Right. He's going to shoot these animals you, himself. Yeah, you know that guy's doing <laughs> his own hunting, right? That guy's not paying for it. Now, if he was drinking a, a cognac, okay, maybe that guy pays people. Right. Or if he's a, you know, a billionaire from some other state, you know, maybe he's going to pay people. But a Texas billionaire drinking Lone Star... <laughs> Which means probably he hasn't been a billionaire for long, which means new money. Maybe so. Maybe which, it is new money. Again, he's oil tycoon, so maybe that's part of it. This right. is a new money guy. He's, he's from San Antonio. Is this where his big compound is? What would be new money in San Antonio? They start a new... Um, but they call him an oil tycoon. Oh, do they? Okay. At the end of the next comic. Oh, that's right. Maybe he started a really cool uh, Riverwalk Texas <laughs> franchise. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, he should have been drinking Alamo beer if that's what we're gonna right? do. But what's the uh, what's the beer in um, King of the Hill? Alamo beer. Oh yeah, right, right. Yeah, which is a rip off or a tribute to Lone Star. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, but then the other thing I thought was funny about this, and I'm, I'm just gonna go on record. I don't, I don't think Carl Potts is a great writer. <laughs> um, but we immediately there is no mystery. We see the dinosaur. Yeah. On page two. There is no, yeah, there's no reveal <laughs> later. It's just immediately this is a real thing. Right. Yeah, page two. Page two is a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. No uh, no buildup. And pygmies, and, okay, I understand that's the 80s. We're not super educated as a culture, <laughs> maybe, yet. Um, and, you know, Congo, pygmies, kind of some third world, right, to that. But they, they have to know that, that a brontosaurus, which is essentially what this is, yeah. eats plants. Yeah. Right? And this isn't a T-Rex these guys are running from. Yeah. They're running from a slow, giant animal that eats leaves. Right. And if they all know about it, which 
They you seem guys live, to. They live in the jungle. They right. know about it. Right. They don't live in the dream. They would also know that it's not a scary beast. Right. But they're terrified mm. of it. Yeah. I mean, it is a dinosaur. Unless it's. I mean. It, I mean. Unless they're trying to make an argument that it is not. But then why would they use the brontosaurus? I don't know. Right. I don't know. It, it is yeah. a weird element that they're so horrified and frightened by. I mean, it's scary, but it's not like the that brontosaurus is chasing them. Right. And it says half the time it's just hanging out in the water, what they seem to be suggesting with the time anyway. So, yeah, that is a weird point that they do seem so afraid of it. Oh, all right. So this is a real thing. I'm going to Google this. I meant to do this already. So the Mokele Membe mm-hmm. is a, um, meaning one who stops the flow of rivers, is a legendary water-dwelling creature of the Congo River Basin. This is more like a Loch Ness monster kind of situation. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. That's what I thought at first. And then when they show you in the second comment, in number seven, when you see the, spoiler alert, when you see them up close, they look like brontosaurus. Right. Okay. But the way they talk about it in this first one, I thought it was going to be in the deep water because they talk about it living in the water most of the time, being under the water because remember they're using sonar to find it. Right. Which brontosauruses aren't. No, so, so I guess this is more of a, I don't know. I guess know. it's supposed to be like a... I had no idea that this was this. like a real like legend that yeah. people believed in and tried to discover. And Well, then, so does it say anything there about whether it's East Meat Eater or not? Um, and I don't know what say. brontosaurus eat. I mean, uh, Loch Ness is supposed to eat. I don't know. I, I, don't I would know guess fish. Oh, yeah, I would guess fish. Or maybe plants on the side of the river or something. Right. I don't, I don't know what one's on Nessie's menu. It doesn't really say in here. It just talks about different sightings. Um, Interesting. Huh. There's even a thing from the Smithsonian in here. Wow. In cryptozoology. Um, cryptozoology. No, it doesn't say whether it's uh, meat eating or, or uh-huh. plant eating. Oh, it does say it's probably a reptile, and of course, most modern reptiles are carnivores. But, yeah, I don't know. Either way, oh no, alright, so it says they ate conifers and locusts. Hmm, okay. Alright. So, bugs, bugs, fish, plants, that kind of stuff. So, probably not people. Yeah. But then maybe it's scary because it doesn't come out of the water often. Right. And so, so if you always saw it in the water, you don't know what it is. Um, so I could see that it would. Man, there's a lot of dates of. Yeah, people want to do an expedition. So there, this is right out of the headlines, folks. Yeah. I had no idea. Up to 2012. Really? Kickstarter campaign <laughs> to to go to the the Congo to look for it. Raised twenty nine thousand dollars. Wow. But didn't get enough money and then got abandoned. But after they got after to the Congo. <laughs> That's really that sucks. <laughs> cryptozoology. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, huh. all right. Oh, cool. Nugent is that Ted Nugent? I hope so. Ted Nugent tried to shoot it. No, Rory Nugent. Oh. The day Ted Nugent shot all the animals. <laughs> it's a great Wally Pleasant song if you haven't heard it. That's funny. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I love this highfalutin. Uh, Gangster running around Madripoor in a King Cheetah jacket. <laughs> the guy looks so stupid. I thought yeah. that was really funny. 
that he's wearing this. She just like, I thought I looked cool. <laughs> right. He's got a knife up his sleeve and he stabs Wolverine. And I like in this one that they leave the knife in Wolverine while he's fighting, roughing the guy up. Yeah. All right. Page four. Awesome Wolverine face when he pops his claws for the first time. Oh, yeah. Very cool. Uh, throughout this series, they misspell Snicked. <laughs> That's funny. It's S-N-I-C-K-T, like a snickerdoodle, instead of... So there's an extra C in there. And That's they do funny. that over and over again. So, you know, apparently the ex-editors were not keeping up with what was going on. <laughs> I guess not. That's funny. They do have the tiny patch, though. Yes, he does have the tiny doesn't patch. doesn't make the patch any bigger. Nope. Jim Lee sticks to the script and gives him a tiny patch. Surely he commented on it, though. Ooh, probably. I don't know. I like to think that Jim Lee was like, this tiny patch is stupid, <laughs> but I'm going to do it because I want to keep the continuity going. Right. But he went on record that this was a dumb that it's so tiny. Maybe so. I also, this early version of Wolverine the, is almost borrows from John Byrne a little bit that the hair is very segmented. Yeah. Like, um, but man, that, that close-up of Wolverine's face when he pops the claws is classic Jim Lee. Yeah. Um, then I love Wolverine makes the guy strip. Yeah, he does. After he gets his information. Run through the street naked. Yeah. And runs. And I, and I like, I know why they did it for the comic pur- purpose, but if I'm in Madripoor and a guy basically mugs me and takes all my clothes and makes him run off naked I don't immediately run under the street lamp <laughs> <laughs> that's true that was bad timing on that guy's part yeah <laughs> but so not only do we get a misspelled snick though we also get a snick where we should have a snack yeah where he pop, pulls the claws in with a snick um, oh yeah they went so just, the just wrong way. not really doing your Wolverine homework here come on guys yeah come on we're better than this and I like how Carl Potts specifies that the knife wound will take a couple of hours to heal. I didn't like that. No, I don't either. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't like that because it's too long. It is too long, especially in the next issue. We'll talk about that. Yeah, it's, um, it's by this point, because we've, we've talked before about how earlier there were different you know, versions of how long it took, and it was never really clear how fast it was. But by this point in the history of Wolverine, it's clear that it's fast. Right. And as I often say, remember that time Wolverine flew into the sun? It's <laughs> <laughs> still regenerated. Right. Or the time he got atomized down to his bones. Right. Um, so, you know, the idea that the, the, the blade... Because that, that suggests the possibility that you really could kill Wolverine if you just happen to get it between his rib cage. Right. Or at least you could take him out of commission. But by this point, I mean, he's already had samurai swords kicked through him and, you know, <laughs> shot million, tons of times. And so, yeah, it doesn't... I thought that was a weird... I, I, I didn't mind the idea that he talks about it going between the, the ribs. ribs. Right. I thought that was kind of interesting, but the yeah. fact that he says it's going to take a couple of hours doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> yeah. I might say, I, I would have... If it was me, I would have added something more like so it hurts more, or, right? Or it, it, you know, I have to move slow for a few minutes because right. the organs are healing. You know, something like that <laughs> right. would have been interesting, but all right, <coughs> no cough because he stabbed my lung. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Can't take a deep breath for thirty seconds. Exactly. Well, speaking of knives, we get some nice knife play in the kitchen. 
Yeah. With this uh, family that lives above the Punisher. So, I haven't been reading the Punishers like you have. Right. And so I have no memory of this. Was this a running thing? It was, and I forgot about them too. Okay. But all through War Journal, and even I think a couple of times in the regular series, they show up as the tenants. Um, he at one point saves them. Why does the guy have powers? I don't remember. That has not been <laughs> revealed yet. Okay. But he has like ninja vision powers. And so he has this vision of when he describes a big ape and a big cat yeah. fighting each other. And he sees a vision of Texas. And he just heads to Texas. And doesn't really know where he's going until he gets to the airport and has another vision. <laughs> That's funny. So, and I thought, because right around this time is the, uh, the Eric Larson run. They had that big Shadow Masters thing. Now, I'm curious if these guys play into the Shadow Masters. But we will see. Yeah. So I'll, I'll keep There's everyone... There's something mystical going on with right. this guy. So, I, yeah, maybe. So I'll keep everyone in the loop on that in Twitter if, if they show back up. Okay. Because um, they don't... And it doesn't get resolved in this story. So then we go to the Congo with lots and lots of words. A whole lot of talking. I felt like... And maybe, maybe you, you tell me if you thought the same thing. Once he gets to the Congo and he starts doing Punisher War Journal entry... Did you feel like it turned into a Terrence Malick film? Because I feel like now we're just having this slow description of the jungle. And he talks about the fruit bats and the moths and the... Well, he has a hilarious <laughs> night in the jungle. His first night where he gets swarmed by bats and he gets rained on. Then the moths come out. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I felt um, like all we needed was a couple more panels of just scenery. Right. And this would have just been a Terrence Malick film. <laughs> but, but not as good. Boy, not, not as good. A poorly written Terrence Malick film. I was wondering if he was going for like, because you know, we're in, it's a jungle, it's the river, right? Congo. Yeah. If he was trying to do like a Heart of Darkness type thing. But if he does, he abandons it very quickly. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of, I was trying to remember if this is just the way the war journals were. I think it kind of was. Especially in the beginning. They're pretty wordy. Yeah, and so well, it kind so. of, I don't know. It reminds me of that, which is part of the reason why I like Terrence Malick films. It's just I, I like <laughs> that kind of, or I even like uh, Apocalypse Now. You went that way too. Just right. kind of that that slow moving into the jungle where you're just kind of narrating and talking about it. That lizard on the wall right there, on my neighbor's wall yeah. by the fence. It was just brown a second ago. Oh, it was wow. bright green. Speaking of the jungle, we have a chameleon outside. Actually, yeah. one of those uh, anoles. Yeah. You don't usually see those in the day. Huh. Yeah. At least not out in the open like that. Right. Anyway, listeners it's, really care about it's that. It's soaking up the sun. It's really interesting. He said, ah, <coughs> what is soaking up the sun? <laughs> He's trying to get a tan, but he turned green. Right. Counterproductive. Counterproductive. Now he's on the wall. See if he'll turn red because he's on the red brick now. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think they really do. I think anoles only are brown or green. Yeah, I, yeah. They, they don't go full chameleon. Where they do like stripes and polka dots. Never go stuff. full chameleon. <laughs> or or uh, the same. This also applies to Tropic Thunder. <laughs> this, the yes. way this feels going into the jungle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So good. So we have our, our guides who, who have the very convenient trick of getting water from vines. You've, mm-hmm. you've heard of turning water into wine when they get water from vines. Yeah. Um, and that's referenced over and over again. Yeah. 
Um, keep coming back to that. So someone learned that right before they wrote this issue. Yeah. <laughs> or, or made it up. I'm not sure. Um, uh, let's see. Um, I thought it was interesting that they keep talking about the Black Mamba. Yeah. As a snake. Right. Because I watched um, Megamind last night. Okay. Re- for the first time in a long time. And the, 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 the big his big suit that he ends up making for his big moment, he calls the Black Mamba. Uh-huh. So I thought that was an interesting, interesting coincidence. Or maybe not really interesting, but yeah. a coincidence. Right. And Punisher finds out they always travel in pairs, apparently. At least in the Marvel Congo they do. Because he shoots one that's about to fight, uh, bite a kid. And he, for some reason, he's got to pick it up. I don't know, make a headband out of it or something. And uh, the guy's like, no. And he shoots the other one and says, there's always two. Yeah. And then the black mama says, I am the last one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, so then I like how they have a little black and white book <laughs> that they're showing all the natives. With no words. Right, just pictures. Right. <laughs> like, which ones have, these, have you seen? And they point to them. They all point to the brontosaurus, Loch Ness Monster thing. And um, there's a guy selling gorilla skulls. I'm assuming that's the uh, really smart gorillas from Michael Crichton's Congo. <laughs> I assume. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, and then uh, <laughs> I also like how the when the guy gets the Asian guy gets to the uh, San Antonio airport and has his vision of the ranch included in his vision is another can of Lone Star beer. Yeah, yeah, they keep coming back to that too. Yeah. So I wonder if one of these people is from Texas. I don't know. Or if it's just he went to Texas once and was like, yeah. I know about Texas. Yeah. San Antonio Lone Star beer. So apparently this is a part of the Congo where they don't have a lot of mosquitoes because this girl uh, exposes as much skin as she can. Yeah. Um, she does the whole, like, tie my shirt up around my waist. Well, she's trying to be as sexy as possible. Right, yeah. That's part of the whole thing. Sexy poaching. That's um, right. So anyway, they find some gorillas. They kill them. The boy sees it. Actually, they don't even know that the boy sees it. They think he He walks up and intentionally doesn't say anything. I guess he had nervous eyes or something because they yeah. assume he saw and they murder him. So it says he's acting strange. Yeah. And then they go back to camp all tore up and that's when we find out and the Punisher's like, this doesn't look right. And so uh, Wolverine shows up and he's wearing that cheetah jacket around his neck like a cape. Yeah. And he's tracking everybody down, scaring the monkeys, uh, probably shocking the monkeys. Shocking the monkeys. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so Punisher takes out the gorilla. The Punisher gorilla. The Punisher gorilla. And goes, Punish. <laughs> um, <laughs> then Wolverine shows up like a madman with his cheetah cape and no shirt on, uh, full 80s Wolverine body hair. And a red belt. Yeah, and a red belt. So it's his solo costume minus the shirt. Yeah. And Punisher punches him in the nose and breaks his fist pretty much, which I thought was pretty funny. Because he doesn't seem to be hurt by the broken fists. No, not really. Then we get a nice, awesome page of them actually fighting each other. It's a pretty short fight. Uh, Wolverine takes a stab at the Punisher. Punisher moves out of the way, falls in the river. This time we do get a snack, but it's still misspelled. Uh, Wolverine's like, all right, well, I'm off off to find the other poachers. And a giant crocodile heads for the Punisher. Yeah. And that's our cliffhanger. I think there's two big problems with this. Okay. One, I think 
Now, 11-year-old Cameron wouldn't have agreed. Right. But now, Cameron, there's <laughs> no way Punisher could really stand up in a Wolverine fight. No. Not even close. Like, Punisher, I mean, this one punch with an adamantium fist, Punisher's neck probably would have broken, right? Or at right. least, you know, the idea that he's able to punch Wolverine and slide around and do okay. The other problem is that Considering the stakes of what we're talking about, the idea that Wolverine just leaves him in the water and leaves. Right. It says, oh, some river creature will get him. Right. Maybe. But then in the next issue, he follows up to make sure that the guy gets hurt. Right. And so it's weird to me that he's just like, oh, well, let's move on. I'll look for the others. (laughs) Right. So the art in this book. Amazing. Yeah, obviously pretty great. I mean, it's, it's Jim Lee. You can tell at some point that some panels are more Jim Lee than others. So I think some of the, like, big crowded shots, you can see where he maybe let Carl Potts do a little more of the layouting and didn't embellish it as much. Yeah, I mean, But all the close-up stuff, like, is very Jim Lee. Yeah. Like, and all the action stuff is... You can tell he spent more time kind of finishing that art. And that one, like, like we, said, we talked about the close-up of Wolverine's face earlier, and this whole fight is super Jim Lee, especially like the panels where they're kind of with the uh, action lines and they're running at each other. Yeah. Like, that's, that's super Jim Lee, and it's super great. So the art in this book is amazing. Um, yep. What do you think of this story coming back to this? Um, I liked it. I didn't, I mean... It's a story. It, it's a story that's full of kind of tropes right. of the time, and it's a story that is oddly fast-paced in that it's like everyone seems to figure everything out very, very. Quickly. I one of my notes is that Potts's pacing is very awkward. Yes, um, it doesn't flow at all. Yeah, it's, everything's like a jump cut. Yeah, and then you have which is weird with some of the long scenes. Right. Because those, those are not necessarily a very good mixture. Yeah, it is weird. It's like a Terrence Malick film that someone went in and added a bunch of random smash cuts. Right. Just <laughs> like, this seems too long. Let's just make it really quick. But yeah, I, I liked it. I mean, it was interesting. It's, it's not a... I don't know. Again, like you, it's hard to kind of separate out. If I just picked this up now, I, don't, right. I probably would have been like, this is this is silly, um, but having been a Punisher fan and a Wolverine fan, nah, you know, and and so I, yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed reading it. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, let me ask you this: Did you grade these differently, or are they both the same for you? Probably the same. Okay, so we'll save our claw rating for the end. Because right. both of mine are the same, I did them both together. They re- they they really do feel like. They could easily have just been one one, one jumbo size comic, yeah, because yeah. it's very picks up immediately. And yeah, so I would there's yeah. no real differences in anything. Cool. Okay. Well, number seven is all the same credits. Yeah, my and digital copy doesn't have the. Do we want to talk about the gun pinup? Oh, if you want to, yeah, you can. We already mentioned <laughs> it. Um, just kidding. It's got some weapons and explosives and trip wires and whatnot. Yeah, a super wrench and a stun grenade. Yep. All right. All stuff the Punisher needs in his war on crime. All right, so number seven, another iconic, amazing cover. Yeah, you know, I I wrote in my notes that this cover may not be as iconic or well-known as number six, but it's my favorite of the two. 
I agree. I love this cover. Some of it's the coloring. It's kind of a muted blue tone yeah. on the figures. But um, what what's happening on here? So we have Wolf, uh, Punisher standing in the water with his machine gun and Wolverine diving towards him, a slash right through the ch- uh, Punisher's chest. Right. Uh, Punisher falling back as Wolverine goes to town on him, basically, with his claws. Yeah. So I gotta say, I know... It was, it's weird, because if you were reading Punisher at this time, yeah. right? Like, he's your guy, and you probably know of Wolverine, but if you're not reading the X... Maybe you're... Let's say you're not reading the X-Men. It seems, A, these covers paint Wolverine as the villain, right? Yeah, kind of. But it also seems like, like both these covers... He's he's sticking it to Wolverine or Punisher. I mean, yeah, like Wolverine has the upper hand on both covers, which I thought was interesting. They're both kind of berserker covers. They are, and yeah, in both cases, it looks like the Wolverine. And so, let's say this is a, a Batman story, right? Yeah. Facing a normal Batman villain, and it's going to be a two-part story, just a quick in in and out, right? Yeah. Normally, in the eighties, the covers would go something like this, where you would have. Looks like the Batman's in peril. The villain's winning. Right. Right? And you're like, oh no, what happened to the Batman? But then the second issue, when, when the cover would be maybe a fighting scene, but probably showing the Batman's got the upper hand. Right. Right? By this point, you know your hero's going to win, and you're going to see how he pulls it off. But on, this, on both of these, it looks like the like Punisher could die any second. Yeah. <laughs> Which, that is the story of the Punisher. Yeah, it kind the of idea is. that he's always in over his head, right. <laughs> that he's always could die at any moment. Because again, he's not super powered, right? Which is, I think that's part of the thing that I liked about Punisher. Part of the thing that makes him kind of interesting, and that it's like a guy that kind of like seems like he has superpowers but doesn't. Right. And so the reality, like we said, he can't really stand up to Wolverine. Yeah. I mean, if this if this actual scene was happening. Punisher would be dead in seconds. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, Wolverine charging at him with claws. I mean, that's it for I mean, Punisher right there. Even if the Punisher gets a good shot in, like, yeah. he won't be able to swallow him down enough. Yeah, there's, really, there's literally nothing the Punisher can do to Wolverine. Yeah. All the things, all of the Punisher's tricks of the trade are shooting people, <laughs> stabbing people, maybe blowing them up, but right. none of those things bother Wolverine. Yeah. And so... Or sneaking up. You're not going to sneak up on Wolverine either. You know, the enhanced senses. And even if you did, it wouldn't matter. <laughs> Sneak up and shoot him, and he's just gonna turn around and stab you. Right. So yeah, it's, there's no real. So yeah, it would have. It makes sense. It fits with the story. I mean, as a Wolverine fan, and in the real, you know, looking at it, obviously Punisher's gonna be on the on the outside of this, but right. Yeah, survival of the fittest. Survival the of the one, fittest. So. Part two of a two part saga. I don't know if you can. Saga is a weird word for an any two-part. <laughs> for a two-part series, saga <laughs> seems a little dramatic. But they were beefing it up, getting ready to buy these things. There you go. All right, so we open up with uh, Punisher sinking to the bottom of the river or lake, whatever they were at. He's trying to figure it out. Crocodiles on his tail, as we already said. Uh, the croc's mouth is coming closer, and then really close, and then it's all black. But then Wolverine turns into Crocodile Hunter and Punisher. I mean, Punisher turns into the crocodile hunter and wrestling a crocodile out of the water. Uh, he gets a stick, barely makes it, gets out of the water. I don't think he he hurts the crocodile. It doesn't make it look like he really kills it. But I'm not sure. It's, it's very not, unclear. The stick really is in his eye, it looks like. And you can see in this one where it goes, kasploosh. 
There's a stick, a bloody stick coming out of his head. Well, that's true. It's not clear if he's stabbing the crocodile or if he just hit the crocodile on the head. Yeah, which I I, I do want to point something out. On um, I'm I'm usually a mixed bag on because I've been reading a lot of stuff on uh, Marvel Unlimited as well. Yeah. Um, and there's definitely some recoloring going on. The colors on yours look really, really good. Yeah. Right. Like the recoloring kind of get, it makes everything a little more clear and not as muddied. <clears throat> yeah. Um. So kudos to whoever did that. Good job, digital colorist. Yeah. So yes, either way, the crocodile isn't a problem anymore for nope. whatever happens. And so Punisher crawls out, puts some mud on his and wounds. What's he doing here? Oh, is he, so he's sealing his wounds. I guess. Okay. Because it's weird because one of his fingers turns white <clears throat> and then the next page he suddenly has a skull on. So I thought he found some kind of like magical white mud that he like made a logo out of. <laughs> I didn't really think about that, but that's true. But I don't. I mean, I, kind of, I just kind of assumed he was wearing the Punisher shirt under what he was wearing before. Okay. And so his other shirt just got ripped off, and so now you can see. Right. All right. because uh, his Punisher shirt looks like a halter top. <laughs> it is. Yeah. So. I don't know. No, Punisher showing lots of skin <laughs> in this issue too. Yeah. Yes. Sexy Punisher. Yeah. Um. And so anyway, Punisher gets out of the lake. Uh, very quickly, Wolverine finds him. Uh, or excuse me, we cut to Wolverine, who's about to hunt a deer, does hunt a deer, kills the deer to eat. Wolverine very clearly says, I don't like killing stuff I'm not going to eat, except people, I guess. Right. Um, and then a, a, a leopard or a jaguar or a cheetah of some kind. Leopard would be in this region. Yeah, I would think so. Uh, the So the leopard says... <laughs> he says, hey, can I have some of that? <laughs> leopard says, that's my deer. And Wolverine says, okay. <laughs> That's why he says he doesn't want to kill the leopard, and he realizes the leopard's not going to stop. So right. he lets the leopard have the deer and then wanders off. Yep, orders some pizza. Now we cut back to San Antonio, where the <laughs> mystical guy is... Killing a rabbit. <laughs> on some giant mountain overlooking uh, this... Now, San Antonio is hill country, house. but this is a little drastic. It is. And the idea that there's a ranch this close to San Antonio is a little... Odd too. Well, there's some outside. I guess there's small yeah. ones, but it, they 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 make it sound like it's a massive ranch, right? I guess I don't know. I yeah, there could, there could be that. to the south. Yeah, sure. Why not? Um, I do appreciate that they went to San Antonio and didn't show the Alamo. Interesting. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah. that's that's a pretty rare occurrence in pop culture for yeah. anyone to ever mention San Antonio and not immediately show the Alamo. Right. Okay. Interesting. So. Anyway, uh, Mystical Man, Mystical Deli Man, uh, sends a rabbit to distract the guard dogs. He then does some acrobats uh, into the building and then sees the rich billionaire working on a computer doing stock trades. And then he says, I'm not familiar with this type of computer. It'll take some time to figure it out. (laughs) Which is a weird thing to even throw in. It is, because how many types of computers are there? In 1989? I mean, a handful, right? But I mean, like, as far as how to... Not the type of computer, because it doesn't matter what type of computer. It's the software, right? Right. And so, 1989, we're already at the world where it's Windows or Apple. Right. Either DOS or Macintosh. Yeah. Yeah. And so, it's not like... I don't think this is before Linux was created, maybe. I don't know. It was a weird thing. I thought it was an odd thing for him to say, but... So, we cut back to Punisher, who we reference the vine, water from vines once again. Yeah. Because he's too tight. He doesn't have time to kill a deer himself. 
Now we get to the village. Um, at this big village, Norma gets some information about the dinosaur by using her shiny bracelet and convincing uh, one of the locals. Yes. Who are now? It's not the pygmies. It's just another group of just a regular town, right? A poor town looks like a village, but uh, but not like in the jungle natives necessarily. Well, I guess they are too in this picture. Anyway, whatever. She uses her bracelet, um, and this uh, this lady tells her about the the dinosaur, the Loch Ness monster, whatever we're talking about, and so uh, she grabs the corporal guy uh, who's been working with her. And they sneak off to go find the um, dinosaurs. Then Punisher and we cut back to, well, then they and they do find the dinosaurs. And so they show up. They see the dinosaurs. Now they really do look like brontosauruses standing, yes, right? And so they're at the riverbank somewhere. And so they decide they tell that girl to get out of there. The the girl that told him about it. We go back to the village. The what was the guy's name? I don't remember. The main guy, whatever. The expedition guy. The expedition guy. The professor. The professor, we'll say. Uh, he's trying to figure out where his wife is, doesn't know why the people won't help him out. Eventually they do. Now we get to Wolverine and Punisher meeting once again. Punisher still thinks Wolverine is the poacher. Wolverine still thinks Punisher is the poacher. <laughs> yeah. But once they, they, they meet up at the place where the dinosaurs are. And so then they see Norma and the corporal and suddenly both just realize what had happened. I don't really know exactly quite why they get that conclusion, but they figure it out after some pretty amazing panels. We'll come back to those, though. Um, they figure out what's going on. Then the professor shows up with his whole crew and then Norma says, all right, we got to kill all of these people. <laughs> and so the corporal starts to shoot him and then someone shoots him. And then Norma says, everything's falling apart. And then tries to blow up the dinosaurs by herding them towards a bunch of landmines <laughs> they'd set up. Although I don't know when they set up those landmines. Right, or why. I mean, they're trying to get the head of this dinosaur for this billionaire. You can't blow up a dinosaur. Well, right. they can't shoot him either, though. They don't have yeah, any bullets that are going to so. kill what, the dinosaur. What was their plan? I guess the idea was that the, the landmines would blow up the body and kill the uh, dinosaur. Okay, they could chop, the, they head could chop the head off. All right. That's what I assumed. Okay. It doesn't seem like a great plan, but no. that was the that seems but, to be their plan. They seem to really be more concerned about the gorillas anyway until they actually found the dinosaurs. Right, right. And they're like, oh, these are real. I guess we better find a plan. <laughs> yep. And so she tries to get them to blow, to run into the mines. Wolverine shoots her. I mean, Punisher Punching. shoots her and then drives the dinosaurs the other way so they don't run into the mines. And then the Congolese soldiers are about to shoot Wolverine, and Punisher tells them not to. Wolverine goes after the, or before that, then Norma talks about how she was rich and tells the whole story. Right. This is what happened. Billionaire paid him, blah, blah, blah. We get a real last-minute confession here. Uh, Wolverine finds the Congolese guy, hears some gorillas, and decides to leave so he can get eaten by animals. <laughs> When he ties him up in the uh, leopard Well, Punisher skin. does that. So then Punisher follows, also follows oh, the Oh, you're right, you're After right. After Wolverine leaves, Punisher then shows up and says, what was that? The guy had made a comment about gorillas attacking lone cats. Right, and and so especially wraps, if they're injured. Right, so he wraps the guy up in the cheetah skin and then makes a joke and says, look what happens when you try to do someone a favor. All I did was bind his wounds for him. <laughs> but clearly he tied the guy up and... 
waiting for the guy to die. So right. we, we gorillas on their way. Now we cut back to Punisher uh, back home, New York's Upper West Side. On his doorstep, or he's talking about how he's going to find the Texan, how he's going to find Wolverine, what's he going to do. On his doorstep is a sixer of Lone Star beer. Yeah. And a note that says, hello, no need to travel to Texas. I brought the beer. Please read the circled article in the newspaper. And then it tells you that Otis Roberts, funny Great Texas name, name yeah. Texas oil tycoon, oh, cattle yeah. rancher, and stock trader, made a series of disastrous market moves yesterday that effectively wiped out all of his investments by the end of the day. <laughs> in one interesting move, Roberts donated more than a million dollars to the World Wildlife Fund, which initially I thought Wolverine did this. No, no, the, the ninja guy did it. Right, I yeah. caught that. But okay. the six-pack of beer oh. made me think it was Wolverine. And so then I thought, I was thinking, oh, Wolverine said, got to Texas first. This guy thought, man, I I had a vision. And that vision included Lone Star Beer. It must be fantastic. And so he went to the, you know, the, the Piggly Wiggly Inn. <laughs> but I guess and bought it, in, I San Antonio, no, that would definitely be H-E-B. He went yeah. to the H-E-B. He, he, and uh. Yeah, I saw. Anyway, that was a weird thing. I, I guess I don't know. The, the beer was seemed oddly related, but so I because of that, I thought it was Wolverine for a minute. But then, as we were recapping the first issue, right, I was like, oh, it was the because I just forgot about the deli guy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, the deli guy was there. I guess that was him. Then a uh, ninja deli. Yeah. Um, and then the last scene, the last page is the skeletal remains of the corporal still wrapped in the cheetah skin somehow. No, it was tattered. So it's tattered. Not, yeah. But it's, but all the skin is gone. Yes. No. Completely. No, that, the cheetah skin is only there so you, so the reader knows who this yeah. is. Months later, this cheetah skin's still there. Yeah. And so then we see the, the, the uh, Barnosaurus, Nessie, whatever, uh, walking by and his tail crushes the skin. Yeah, he steps on the, the skeleton, skeleton and then drags skeleton. his tail through it and goes about his business. Yep. I call that dino irony. That's right. And then we have Punisher Arsenal. Yeah, again. More cool weapons. So, overall, I think one of my favorite parts of this issue is that Punisher keeps calling Wolverine Runt. Yeah. <laughs> like Sabretooth. Right. I thought that was a really interesting decision to have him use that term that's so closely associated with Sabretooth. Right. Right. Although I'm not 100% sure if that's by this point already. Uh, a little bit, a I little bit. I think it is. He but, um, other things. But a lot of there. people make fun of Wolverine's stature. Yeah. So, so I guess the run is not... Now it feels so specific to Sabretooth. Right. But I guess maybe at this point it wasn't quite. I don't know. And now the opening page is pretty great. I don't... It's weird that he blacked out and then didn't drown. But... <laughs> yeah, that is weird. But the close-up, the kind of the zoom in on the crocodile mouth is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And that page of the Punisher coming out of the water with the crocodile, while I'm not sure if I really believe it, it's an awesome panel. <laughs> yeah, I agree. There's several really great panels in this there are. one. I mean, there the first are. one was two, but I feel like there's more action in this one, and so there's more. Yeah. There's a couple of more really great panels. Yeah. Um, I like the, uh, the practical application of Wolverine's Claws. Uh, the yeah. built-in machete, he calls them. Yeah. And he gives his lunch to the uh, the leopard, like you mentioned. And I wrote my notes, poor pumpkin, because the, uh, the ninja guy named this rabbit that he fed to the dogs. He goes, 
Pumpkin yeah. here will do the trick. <laughs> so I'm finding it was his pet. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and so the, the the rabbit doesn't get to the other side of the fence. Oh, true. He doesn't actually, does he? The and dogs so just bark at him. The dogs don't eat the rabbit. True. I didn't even so think about that. I just the, assumed. But so the question is, do the dogs continue to bark at the rabbit and the rabbit continue to sit there right. the whole time this guy's figuring out the computer? I guess so. And then when he gets back out of the house... He picks Pumpkin up, puts him back in his little just rabbit carrier. Right. I don't That's know. interesting. First of all, I just want to say, if you have Marvel Unlimited, I don't want to go too blue on the podcast. We're just look at page nine on the panel where Punisher's about to drink out of the vine and just, you know... <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> Maybe I'll tweet it later for those of you who are interested. Yeah, it's, a, it's just an interestingly erotic moment in this comic. Yeah. Between a vine and a man. <laughs> it's weird. I really liked the um, the the way the, the dinosaur is drawn. Yeah, Jim Lee draws a heck of a dinosaur. It looks, it's, it looks pretty really great. Cool. Um, I really liked this panels of the sunglasses yeah I thought that was a really cool really nice touch and the way they were colored particularly yeah I don't care much for (laughs) this panel here see that's one where being a muddy colored job is actually advantageous oh yeah because the bright colors on yours make the furniture look like he's wearing like um Colossus's little leotard (laughs) (laughs) and his skin's very bright yeah um I don't so here you know we talk about the up and down of Wolverine's healing factor. So the last issue, Pops went out of his way to say that the knife would take a few hours. Yeah. But here, as soon as he's shot, the wound immediately starts knitting itself back together. Yeah. And minutes later, he walks off and Wolverine goes, that guy doesn't look even look injured. Right. Yeah. I love this panel. Right. So as cool as the fight was in issue six, the Punisher Wolverine throwdown in this issue is even better. Although I don't know that his machine gun would still work. Oh, yeah, cuts, I forgot. Yeah. Cuts it in half. So Wolverine no, cuts the front off of it, and Punisher goes, Oh, he just made me a sawed-off shotgun. Yeah, which I <laughs> I don't think it works the same way with an assault rifle. <laughs> right. Where you just cut off the top, front half of it, and it's like, no, it works great. <laughs> I also, again, don't think that Punisher would have even lasted this long in a fight like this. No. But he did learn, uh, he, he hits Wolverine in the face, but he doesn't punch him. He uses the butt of the gun. Yeah. So he tries to save his fist. True. And then we get more slicing. This panel of, of when Punisher shoots the Wolverine is amazing. Yeah. And it's a great Wolverine page. flying down. It's a full page one. It's interesting how, see how it's shaded. It, oh, it's, weird. it's really weird on here because right. it puts it flat. So it's a double page spread, and in the Marvel Unlimited, where the the page splits is colored different. Yeah, well, it is on yours too. You just can't. You don't notice it as much because of the. Oh, yeah, it is. It's all dark, but because the shadow, of the fold, because of the fold, the shadow looks like it bleeds, like he's going in and out of the shadow. Yeah. But in the uh, Unlimited version, it's like a straight line where the page break is. Yeah, it's weird. Interesting. Can also it looks see like where it doesn't quite line up, although it mostly does. Yeah, it was like Punisher, like or, sorry, we both do that. It was like Wolverine got like like he fell asleep like in the sun, <laughs> like just where his head and shoulders hanging up. Yeah, in the sunlight. So he's got That's a real funny. bad tan, or yeah. a real dark tan. I should so say. anyway, the poachers just refusing to let a good thing happen. Say, oh, shoot them. <laughs> 
right. lowering their cover that they are really the poachers and allowing Wolverine and Punisher to quit fighting each other and focus on them. Yeah, it's a weird moment, and then they just give it all away. Right. They don't try to save the day. I mean, I, I don't know what the the other the other option was to not get the money because I think the reality is well, they could have ran away, or they could have let Punisher and Wolverine kill each other, and maybe if one survives, you offer to buy them in. Right, but right? for them, yes. But once the professor shows up... Oh, okay. Because once all those dudes show up, there's really no work for them to do. The only thing they can do, but what they could do is just not say anything about it. Right. And then, yes, they don't get the money, but they're already getting a lot of money for the gorilla stuff. Right. And so it's, it's interesting that... It's greed. American greed. By going forward, there was really no way out. Because the professor arrives with several people with guns. Right. You have two superheroes, basically, <laughs> fighting, right? And so the idea that this, that Norma and the corporal are going to be able to kill all of those people and get the heads of the dinosaurs <laughs> and then also make it back to the U.S. was like, there's zero chance of that happening. Right. But they're, they're like, oh, a million dollars. And then Norma keeps saying over and over again, I was rich. I was rich. <laughs> I was going to be rich. I like... I like where she actually says, no, it's all falling apart. I was rich. I'll still be rich. <laughs> and she starts shooting her little handgun yeah, at the dinosaurs. Trying to get the dinosaurs to blow themselves up. But again, the, even if the dinosaurs then did blow themselves up, there's still a bunch of people there that don't right. want her to do this. And so yeah. it's like there's no, there's no realistic chance that this is going to happen. But no, whatever. No, no, no. So Wolverine has no choice but to shoot Norma. And punish her. In the back. Oh, yeah, Punisher, yeah. sorry. Punisher shoots her right in the back. Yeah. And then he shoots his gun in the air and the dinosaurs leave. Yeah, they go off. Oh, I do think it was interesting um, at, at the end. They, they talk about how no one ever spoke of it. Yeah, right. yeah, that's true. They all agreed to just leave the leave the mystery. Yeah, leave the dinosaurs alone. Which is um, why there's still these expeditions to go. Right, yeah, because the Punisher didn't tell them. Punisher could have confirmed it. But yeah. <laughs> I really like this panel here. Where it's kind of a, a completely shaded Wolverine, where you can Punisher. Own, I mean, Punisher. Yeah. Gosh, man, I'm really messing that up. Where you can see just the outline of Punisher, like right. a silhouette, but you can see the skull. Yes, I and love when they do the, stuff like the that. The frightened face of the corporal. Right. He says, Lord, no. And Punisher doesn't kill him straight away. He's yep. going to let Mother Nature do it. Yep. I think he remembered the moss tickling his face. I was like, oh, Mother Nature. <laughs> I'll let you have one. Punisher has a bunch. Mother Nature can have one. I do think, uh, I thought it was interesting because uh, when Punisher comes back to New York, he's writing in his journal, right? Yeah. In your diary, I met the cutest hairy guy today. Um, but he does say that Wolverine <laughs> was better at covering his tracks than he was at following them. So kind of a nod to Wolverine's superiority in yeah. the field a little bit, which I thought was cool. Yeah. Especially as a Wolverine fan, I appreciated that. Yeah, I liked that. And I actually kind of liked the story of the friend. At first, I thought it was like kind of silly, but then when it ends up with him like bringing the beer and the plaque back yeah. to the Punisher's doorstep, that was kind of a nice little end of that. And yeah. I'm curious to see where that character and his family go. Well, it's like a, again, like the, it, then it ends up like an A-Team episode. Where it's like, oh, everything worked out. Right, right. And, you know, and then we, the deli guy, that, that seems so random, but then it's like, <laughs> oh, and then he takes care of it. And so now everyone who needed a comeuppance got a comeuppance. Right. And everyone else got away. Yeah. Except for the 
Jean. Which did you also find it interesting that Jean was the yes. Jean, of course. When, it's yeah. French, but right. Well, that was a kid's name and, and Wolverine lost another Jean. Yeah. Yeah. Although it was Punisher that cared about Jean, not Wolverine. Oh, so. true, true. You're right. You're right. But I still made that connection even though it was Punisher. Yeah. And of All course right. the the di- the dino irony is a f- it's weird because it's a completely unnecessary addition to the issue, but really funny, I thought. What was? The the dinosaur trampling the bones. Oh, yeah, I know. It was a good, it was a, it was a very Jurassic Parky way to end it, although yeah. this was before Jurassic Park. Right. So, again, thought the art was amazing. Yep. Lots of great panels. Definitely kind of the, the traces of Jim Lee greatness that will come very soon. In the X titles, um, right? The story was fine. Yeah. It had his fun moments, I guess. This is why I really struggled uh, trying. Well, any other closing comments or um, about this I don't issue? Think so I think that's pretty much. I don't think we said pretty much everything about it. Right. So I really struggled with kind of evaluating these comics. First of all, it, it the art is still really good. Yeah. So there's no like kind of. I mean, there is nostalgia, and then Jim Lee's one of my favorites, like, all the time. But I still really like it. Yeah. Even even had I just picked this up, it would have been great. Right. I agree. And I even still, you know, like his current art. Even though I don't buy everything he does anymore, I still enjoy it. I think yeah. it's really good. The story was very kind of okay. Yeah. Um, there was good interaction, and there's a couple of funny moments and stuff like that. Um... But man, I don't. It just, it just, it was too hard for me to, yeah, to separate this from what it used to mean to me, and kind of what it means to my comic collecting career, and just the way I got into comics. This is one of the big, big doors for me. Yep. Into a lot of the characters I would go on to collect. Um, at least I read this, and I got interested. In, obviously, I started collecting Punisher. Got interested in Wolverine. And Wolverine led me to the X-Men proper and the other X characters and just kind of that mushroom out of, you know, and now I have more comics than I know what to do with. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so I really struggled between two grades on this. One that is probably more realistic and one that kind of factors in some of that nostalgia. Yeah. Um, where did you end up landing on these two issues? <clears throat> well, all the same things for me. And so I think I ended up deciding that and my my heart grade is a four. Okay. But my brain grade is a three. Okay, and those are the two that I struggled with. Was yeah. was three out of six or four out of six clause. I think overall I decided on fours. Yeah. Because it looked so good, and there was enough interesting. And now that I know it's kind of like a real legend, that kind of makes it a little more interesting as yeah, well. Yeah, I, I agree um, that that actually boosts it so that I, I, I think I, too, will stick with four as my final grade. All right. Because, I mean, it's it's a decent little story. I mean, It's, it's for, better than the five issues that come before it. I'll say that. Yeah. And for what it's supposed to be, which, I mean, the, the idea is that the War Journal, it's not supposed to be long-running storylines. I mean, this right. is supposed to be a random thing that happens to, uh, to Punisher. And so, in that context, it's as good a story as right. you usually get in these kind of, you know, one, two-off yeah. series. And 
it's got a decent message. I don't like people that poach gorillas and no, cheetahs. No, I don't either. So I don't mind seeing it, a comeuppance there. And it didn't feel overly preachy, I didn't think. No. Nope, I, I mean, they so. definitely villainized the poachers, as they should. Yeah. But it wasn't like, I don't know, it didn't. But the poachers are also villainous. You know what I mean? It's not right. like it's not like they're doing something that would have been normal and now we're like talking down to them. Right. Like something like, for example, you remember the dentist that shot the the elephant a while back? Yes. And so you the had elephant the elephant or a lion? I think it was an elephant. Okay. I think there's another dentist that shot a lion oh. too. But that, so the, the elephant one I dentist, remember. Man, come on. The elephant one I remember was because there was a there's a I don't. I don't know the whole story. This is random stuff I picked up. Someone was saying there was a whole thing about how the elephants in that village kind of terrorize the people because they run through their oh. crops and they do all this stuff. And so okay. there's the idea is that the natives the sympathetic. would yeah the natives okay. would attack the elephants too because they would sometimes kill people and do stuff. Right. Um, and then you know the dentist shows up. That was someone used that as a justification to make what the dentist was doing okay. okay. I'm not making that argument, but but the idea of the villagers attacking if you know if it became you know white American shows up to African villagers like you shouldn't kill these animals. It's you know it's preachy. It's like right. well you know there's a whole context there is why they're doing this. These people are clearly it's just profit. They're they kill a kid immediately, you right. know, to, to hide what they're doing because it's clearly illegal. Right. Um, you know, the kind of the way they kill the gorillas, it's it's all very it's all very black and white, right? There's right. no it's very black and white. It's, you know, for example, a greater story might be someone from the village is poaching to try to, you know, save his family or something like that. Like this is all just greed yeah. and profit and excess. Or like this, this group eats these animals right. or, you know, whatever. I mean, it's, it's, it's very just cut and dry. Like the, these uh, are bad guys, like the scene in dancing with wolves where you see all the skinned Buffalo. Right. Just like, they're going to tell you this is bad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not, not real, not a realistic portrayal historically as the historian I'll point out. Right. But for the point of that movie, trying to show you this is bad. Right. And so this here too, clearly bad. And so I don't mm-hmm. mind, yeah, it doesn't feel preached to because it feels like these are just bad people. Even right. if you, even if you're um, gray on the idea of whether it should be illegal to poach or not, I'm not. But if you were, um, but this is clearly these are bad yeah. people, and so you bones. don't mind them getting their comeuppance. No, and it makes the the dinosaur scene at the end even funnier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so obviously, in the '90s, we're we're, we're coming up. I think this probably helps kick off. I don't know. Maybe I'm making a bigger deal of this than it was to everybody else. I feel like it was a huge deal. And I feel like this little crossover kind of helped usher in the age of the anti-hero for Marvel, at least anyway. And that we're really kind of embracing like our Punishers, our Wolverines, um, there's going to be a Ghost Rider relaunch right around the corner. Yep. Um, Even tried to get that Morbius comic to work around yeah, this time. Yeah, uh, we're not too far away from that. That was the speaking of Apocalypse Now, that a Heart of Darkness um, yeah. graphic novel that had Punisher, Daredevil, and Ghost Rider. Um, Marvel Knights isn't Mar- too far away. Uh, yes, well, it's I guess a few that's, years because that's, that's mid nineties. Oh, no, it's like ninety three, right? So ninety two, ninety three. Let me look that up. Like not the not the Joe Casada one, 
that's late 90s and early 2000s. But you're talking about like um, Blade. Oh, for Marvel Knights. But is that what you're thinking of? Are you thinking of the uh, like the Blade um, original Ghost Rider guy, Johnny Blaze? Oh. The Midnighters. That's what I was thinking of. Yes, but I was thinking of this Marvel Knights. But, oh, okay. but that, I forgot about that. But yeah. yes, that, that too. And what was the one where it was like Ghost Rider and I think Morbius too maybe. And it was like they had like a team for a while. Yeah, that's the Night Stalkers. Night Stalkers? And the Midnight Suns was the big Midnight crossover. Midnight Suns, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Of. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, the point of that. Yeah, I, I would – I don't know how big – because it was War Journal, I don't know how big this actual crossover was. But I do agree with you in that whether it is a kickoff to that, it is definitely part of right. the um, the embracing of I mean that's I mean that's the nineties. That's so why we right. move out of the eighties into yep. the nineties. Yeah, we're, we're, we're right at the tail end, come sick into of that. blitz and glamour and we want some <laughs> grungy dark heroes and that's kinda of what, what all this is, I yeah. think. Yeah, definitely a shift in tone. So what do you think <clears> about <throat> this first meeting? Is Wolverine and Punisher don't They don't really even meet. I mean they just fight briefly and then that's it. Yeah. And Two they definitely fights. team up, you know, a lot more in the nineties. So I don't know yeah. if they ever like reference, hey, you're the guy that I shot at in the jungle. <laughs> I don't know. But, when, um, when is their do you know when they're just offhand, when their next I don't team up is? No. Um I've looked at Wolverine appearances for the next almost year after this and they don't come into contact in that point. Um Wolverine, the Punisher's only moral quandary is whether it's better to stab them or shoot them. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Anyway, so we obviously had the classic hero misunderstanding where they each thought the other one was the poachers they were hunting down. And then, you know, it's pretty good fighting for um, as much as it could be. I mean, because like you said, in, in real life, this isn't much of a fight. But I don't feel like Wolverine gets too undercarded. Yeah, um, I don't think so either. I mean, he gets his wicks in to a degree, and we kind of have a, a, an excuse for every time the Punisher survives. Yeah, so. well, and, you know, people get the drop on Wolverine every now and then. Yeah. And so the fact that the fights both don't last long right. makes it acceptable. Right. Because in a drawn-out fight, no contest. I mean, right. Punisher's dying. But, you know, in a, you know, where they... Because in both cases, it's like... Two or three hits, and then it's over. Right. And so that's believable, I think. Yeah. So other than getting the sound effect completely wrong with the misspelling the snicked, I thought this was a pretty good Wolverine appearance. They tie yeah. it in. He leaves to Africa from Madripoor. So yeah. tie it into that continuity. Um, they do. He pretty much acts like himself. Um, yeah, they, they do a good job of getting the Wolverine character. He's not too Clint Eastwoody as he sometimes shows up in a lot right. of other comics. Yeah. I agree. So overall, pretty satisfactory read. Um, yeah. Has its problems being, you know, an 80s Punisher book. But um, <laughs> other than that, that was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily make me want to go back and read Punishers. And I would say you don't really need to. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's part of it too. But, but you know, as much as I, 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 a lot of, you know, reading the old X-Men's, made me want to keep reading the X-Men. Yes. Reading the old Wolverine makes me want to keep reading the Wolverines. Right. Um, reading this, it's like, oh, it's a lot of good nostalgic feelings, but it doesn't make me think, oh, no. I need to get 
break out all my old Wolverines and read them. Right. It's, you know. And it's funny in the, in this this type of series where the character doesn't it can't really grow. So you have like a lot of reset. Like because literally this is like the seventh issue in a row. It feels like when we start off with Mike and Chip saying you're working too hard. <laughs> yeah. you, you need to take a break and I think you know, the issues after this where he goes to like Hawaii and stuff like the, some of the Jim issues you know, Jim Lee issues I remember very vividly yeah. are also that same kind of thing where he's going he's leaving New York Chuckles Punisher yeah oh. <laughs> this is a G.I. Joe crossover right yeah where he uh, where he's leaving New York and traveling abroad and it's kind of all for the same reason and I feel like that kind of one note gets old um, yeah, but but at least it's some interesting stories, at least to a degree. Yeah, I think yeah. in my memory, anyway. <clears throat> the and the regular series, you know, Punisher is is most interesting when he's fighting kind of conspiracy type stuff, right? Which I think is what we, as we we talked before the podcast a lot about the the, the Netflix stuff and right. You know, when Punisher's fighting the mafia or. Or like these organized groups of crime. That's when he's most interesting. But because you can only do that so much. Right. You know, then when he fights street gangs, <laughs> it gets a little... Especially looking at it now, it's like, you know, Punisher shooting a bunch of kids, basically. You know, street gangs, you know, it, it gets a little tricky, you know. Right. Especially after you watch The Wire. And like that. <laughs> and you, you, you get a whole different perspective on what gangs really mean. And so... Right. I don't know. Some of that stuff's more iffy and, and trickier for Punisher, but I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I always kind of wished, speaking of G.I. Joe, I, I wish that there was at some point, or maybe not, I, would, I don't wish this actually. I'll just say it would have been funny <laughs> if someone had had a crossover with G.I. Joe and Punisher and Punisher showed up. And we wanted that as a kid. And killed a bunch of people. Right. And then you'd have a G.I. Joe guy say, wait, we can kill the Vipers? <laughs> <laughs> And that would change the whole trajectory of G.I. Joe. Right, right. <laughs> Instead of waiting till issue, was it issue 100? 100-something, one of the first G.I. Joe uh, dies. Quick Kick. Yeah. Was it Quick Kick or Crazy Legs? Or both? I think it was Quick Lick. Okay. Quick Kick. Quick Lick? Ooh, that, quick. That, there's a G.I. Joe character. <laughs> He's won all the ladies, though. I believe Quick Kick is the first one shot. Okay. The crazy Legs and a bunch of other people are in that pit where okay. they all get right, killed. Right, right. With the but Saw think, Viper. Yeah, I think it's I think it's Quick Kick though, if I remember correctly, that that's the one. Yeah. The Sorry, one John Wilson, I know you're probably not there yet. Oh no! Spoiler <laughs> alert! Spoiler alert for really old GI Joe comics. I don't know the the, the uh, statute of limitations is over on that. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a just like a just like Netflix series, you know, it's like right. you got you got two months to watch it, and then it's all bets are off. Oh, is that the magic number? Two months? <laughs> that's what okay. I've decided. All right. Cool. It's like a movie. No, I don't know. I'm just kidding. But movies, you, you, you get some time. But. But it's been like 30 years, so yeah. okay, 20 years. Awesome. Well, I don't know what will be next um, immediately episode-wise, but the next flashback episode is Wolverine number 10, which is the classic introduction of the birthday fights. So, birthday fights. Yeah, that'll be really fun. I'm really, yeah. really looking forward to that. And um, So, yeah. Um, Cameron, anything you want to talk about before we take off? Um... I got nothing. All right. I will say it was fun. We got to do to do this in person today. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's unusual. End of the day, not trying yeah. to keep ourselves awake at right. midnight. <laughs> but, 
old dude. Right, which is when we typically record, so yep. it'll be fun. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, as usual, oh, what's your Twitter? At Cameron Sinclair. There you go. Straight and forward. Oh, I did have one thing. Okay. Um, if, if any of you are interested in Minecraft, my son started a YouTube channel in which he's recording, I forgot what they call that, where he's recording himself playing Minecraft. Okay. And doing different things. He's only got one issue up. But it's out there. It is called Jack with Minecraft is what it's called. I think you can just look that up on YouTube and it probably right. comes up. So. Okay, cool. Anyway, hopefully. I think I'll he's tell, gonna, I'll I think tell he wants Ethan to about do, it. I think he wants to do more episodes. But it's been two weeks since the first one went up, so I'm not <laughs> sure. <but>. We will see. <laughs> but he was really excited about it for a long time. We finally did it. So there's, there is one episode up there where he builds like a warehouse or something. All right, cool. Minecraft gives me a headache. Yeah. I actually really like it and and think it's a lot of fun, but it gives me such a headache when I play it. Oh, interesting. And I don't know. I can't. I haven't decided if it's because of my contacts and I'm getting where I'm moving towards needing reading glasses. Oh. Or it's Some just. On or there. it has more to do with the movement and it's making me right. kind of um, motion sick a little bit. I don't know. So I don't know. Combination of both, maybe. Who knows? But anyway, you know. Yeah. Well, anyway, like the Facebook page. Twitter is at Snickcast. Uh, show notes and website is snickcast.podbean.com. And I think that's going to do it. I think Cameron and I are going to go have some lunch. That's right. <laughs> and hopefully next issue, next episode, we'll talk about the movie Logan. Hopefully so. The plan... And uh, possibly the Iron Fist series. Yeah. The plan is Denise and I are probably going to be able to go see it. Uh, we got some... Someone took us up on our online babysitter. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> someone we know is They're watching. mailing Oliver to California for some guy. <laughs> no, yeah. but we were, we're able to get a night out, so we're going to go check the movie out if all goes according to plan. So we'll talk about that soon as well. So anyway, that's going to do it for this episode. Hugs and snicks, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. And snacked. <laughs>